0: Wow, what an event, right? UFC 292. Who could have said they saw that coming exactly as they said it? Al Sterling loses the belt against Sean O'Malley in exciting fashion. A little controversial, I would say. It looked like he could have got up. It looked like Sean O'Malley might have missed some of the grounded pound punches when he turned over. But with that being said, he still won the fight. But let's start at the uh, first fight of the night, or first fight of the main card, Cheeto Vera versus Pedro Munoz. Now, Cheeto's obviously known as a slow starter, and Pedro likes to push the pace immediately, but I can't even really describe this fight more than Cheeto showed up. Uh, Cheeto showed up for this match. He said he was kind of flat when he fought. Corey Sandhagen and he just couldn't get anything done. So to see Cheeto step it up and match Pedro's volume and then ultimately defeat him. Let me see. Total strikes 141 to 113. Uh, 0 for one Yeah, he just turned it up and didn't back down the entire fight. So I'm glad to see Cheeto back in the winning column again going towards a positive... Momentum, which kind of set them up to fight Sean O'Malley, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, Congrats to Cheeto. I got that pick right. I did not make a prediction on Black Shearer versus Bautista, but Bautista won. Um, I didn't really watch this fight. I was doing something uh, because I I didn't really know who these guys were. So I'll give him a little bit of respect next time. I was just busy that day, and I had stuff to do Sunday morning as well. So I just wanted to watch what I wanted to watch. Um, the big, uh, the big story to me is Neil Magny versus Ian Gary. Now, I picked Neil Magny to win just because he had more experience than Ian Gary. Right? There is nothing I couldn't be objective here and say. I like his skills versus his skills. Cause one, I haven't seen much of Ian Gary because he's always he's put people out in the first or early second round every time, and it kind of just has been looked like a. What would you say? It's not. It doesn't even look like a fight. It looks like kind of whenever Ian Gary wants to finish it, even if he's rocked or it looks like Ian Gary is would be losing around he still ends up winning so for him to deploy those leg kicks to neil magny like that it was ridiculous well the first couple neil magny would drop to the ground and try to invite him into a jiu-jitsu match and ian just kind of nope we're not playing that game you're going to stand up and which was a great idea because not saying Ian Gary is not good at jujitsu, so why would you do that if you're winning the fight on the feet? And the ref will stand him up if he's just laying down on the ground and not doing anything. But every single time he would put that leg forward, Ian would just slap it right on the side of the calf. And towards mid second round, Neil Magny was, which I thought his corner should have threw the towel in. I know that's not a popular opinion amongst most MMA folks, but Neil could not stand on that leg. He did a great job of disguising it when he was kind of moving around. He never really looked like he was totally out of it. But once Ian Gary even touched that leg, he was immediately limping. I don't know if y'all have played the UFC... uh, video game or not but when you start hitting those leg kicks and your guy starts limping it's basically the, (laughs) the end of the match you're not really gonna ever come back from that and just keep hitting it and you're just gonna collapse now this is not a video game this is real life so that guy who gets hurt on EA Sports UFC 4 he can just reset and be normal again. Neil Magni is going to be out for a long time, I feel, because he r- truly was getting that leg torn to pieces. And like I said, should have thrown the towel in the second round because he couldn't, or at the end of the second round, because he really, he couldn't move effectively. If you remember what happened to Izzy versus Alex Pajeda um, in the first title fight when izzy lost when he was had his back on the cage and he does that thing where he dodges and bobs and weaves he was stuck like you could see his movement was hindered yeah he was bobbing and weaving but that was going to be ineffective uh shortly thereafter and i didn't need to see israel adesanya be flatlined to know that he lost this fight Right There's plenty of fights that you can go through, but you don't need to see somebody to get flatlined or beaten to a pulp to know that they lost. Sometimes when you're severely compromised, even though in your head you can fight, you can't. And that's what I was thinking as I was watching the Neo Magni fight. Not saying that he didn't have a chance to do something wild because he did not quit fighting the entire fight. I would say... Neil Magny put on a toughness show, but if you have been watching combat sports in general for a long time, when they start talking about your toughness, you're kind of just, that's just a nice way of saying this guy's getting beat up the entire fight, but he's still there. And you're a professional fighter. In my mind, you already tough. There's no need to prove that you're tougher. Now, it's like somebody like a quarterback, somebody like a kicker, sometimes wide receivers. Yeah, you can kind of prove your toughness. You're a smaller guy or like a quarterback. You're not in a position to where you get hit often, but you go out there and get hit or provide the hit, and it seems like you're greatness right like you're proving that you're tough as well if you're a fighter we know you are fighting <laughs> so when people say oh man Neil's tough like no we knew he was tough he didn't need to get his leg kicked that much for him to realize that the fight's kind of over you know it was kind of sad watching it after the second round or after midway in the second round because he just couldn't move Granted, like I said, he he did not stop fighting. He was fighting back, punching back, keeping his distance. Ian didn't finish him. He still decisioned him. If that's not telling um, of where Neil Magny's toughness is, you know, cream of the crop. Always in shape, ready to go. Ready to go on a little bit over a week's notice, I want to say. I can't remember when they dropped the fight, but... <sighs> Again, I don't need to see it. I wish more casuals would appreciate, like, people knowing when to stop. But this is, an again, this is still an entertainment business. So I'm never going to get that aspect of it where the the team is more worried about the fighter than that. I think I've only seen one towel thrown in or that I can remember, which is... Kevin Holland, which his team cared about him. I mean, he was not going to beat Wonder Boy in a kickboxing match. Like, in what universe does that work? I don't know, but it definitely wasn't going to work against Wonder Boy that day. So, congrats to Ian Gary. That's a solid win. Uh, speaking of Wonder Boy, it seems like Wonder Boy has turned down the fight to fight Ian Gary, but that's, you know, that's not, that's, a late, that's something for a later podcast. That's not. What we're going to discuss here, we're only going to go over the previous card, which strolls me into the next fight. Whaley versus Amanda Lamos. And boy, was that a barn burner. In the first round, Whaley almost gets, I think, Darst, And it was tight. Boy, it was tight. But she got out. And systematically beat Amanda Lamos for 25 minutes straight. Outside of that um, Darce attempt, which was tight. It was there. Uh, Whaley is strong for one hundred fifteen pounds. And I'm absolute unit. Unit strong. Because, man, I've seen Jessica Andrade in real life when she flatlined Carolina uh, Kovačević. And I saw Amanda Nunes kick Holly Holm's head straight into the rafters at T-Mobile Arena. Wei Li has to be one of the hardest hitting women I've ever seen in my life. Um, again, this is one of those fights where why did Amanda Lemos's corner let her fight so long? Um, when she was clearly having no chance to win. And I know that sounds terrible to say in a fight because everyone's always saying there's a puncher's chance in a championship fight. If you both are elite, there's always a puncher's chance. But sometimes, sometimes that's just clearly not true clearly not true. If we look at the fight stats here, Wei landed 296 out of 358 punches. That is a 82.7% hit percentage. Out of those 163 punches landed, out of 217, they counted as significant strikes, which is 75%. She also landed 6 out of 7 takedowns, which is 85.7%. Good stats. That sounds like good stats. That sounds like stats from someone in a smaller weight class. You know, it's it's not uncommon to see these smaller weight classes throw a lot more volume just because they're smaller. It requires a little bit less energy to throw that many strikes. But when we read out Amanda Lamosh's... Stats now. Remember, she is thirteen and three, and she is very good. But Whaley is just clearly what levels above her. So her total strikes: twenty-nine strikes landed out of sixty-eight. As a, for significant strikes, twenty-four of those strikes were significant out of sixty-three. No takedowns completed. Two solid submission attempts but uh it was it was bad <laughs> it was really bad i think in this case after the fourth round uh they should have kind of let her retire on the stool because it was looking pretty bad to me uh, as i was watching i was talking to two of my buddies i'm like man their her coaches kind of should throw in the towel. There was no. Like from pillar to pillar. Bell to bell. Whatever phrase you want to use. Oh, There goes the cicadas again. Man they're back in a vengeance. One final hurrah for the summer. Either, anyways. uh, From beginning to end. Outside of those two submission attempts. Man. Maybe a solid one minute of the fight. Did Amanda Lemos. Had a resemblance. Of a chance. It, it was pretty bad. Uh, Congrats to Wei Li. I wonder who she's going to fight next because there's not many in that division. And I don't know if they're going to move up. uh, What's her name? Tatiana Suarez. I don't know if they're going to give her a title shot just yet. She is undefeated, but who knows? After this performance, I don't know if Wei Li will lose (laughs) for a while. So, congrats to Waylee. That was an amazing performance on her end. Um, Amanda Lamich put up a good fight, but she just didn't have it. And that moves us on to the main event, which is Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley. And man, I couldn't tell you that I saw that coming, but I saw that coming. As an outside chance, literally on the outside, right? Aljamain steps in, throws a left hook, and that's all she wrote. Sean O'Malley cranked the hardest right counter hook that I've ever seen in my life. And it happened so quick. Quick. And I can't say that Aljamain was winning the fight. Um, he definitely won the first round because he just had a little bit more activity than Sean did. Um, I'm not saying Aljamain would have won if the fight would have went on, but basing it off of the first round, which is the only complete round that they fought, um, Aljamain was winning the fight and... I don't think... Yeah, he didn't get a takedown. Zero for two in takedown attempts. Sean did pretty good at defending takedown, but that counter right hand and then... And new the Way champion of the world, Sean O'Malley. Now, there was a bit of controversy um, when he knocked Aljamain down. Yes, he kind of face-planted a little bit, but he quickly moved to his back. And was defending himself. I wouldn't say too well. But Sean O'Malley also wasn't insanely accurate with his punches. He did crack him on the ground one good time though. Head bounced off the ground. But he was still defending pretty well. And the first flurry he hit them with that right hand where it bounced his head a little bit. But he was still defending. And the second flurry... I do not think... I need to watch it again. I'm not going to watch it now because it's going to take too much time to find that moment of the fight. within. um Probably YouTube probably already got taken down. And I don't want to go to the website I use to review some of these fights sometimes to find the spot. But I don't think he landed a punch in that second flurry. And Aljamain found an opportunity to to roll over and get onto fours so he's in a better position to either score a takedown, get an ankle pick, something of that nature. But Mark Goddard stepped in and called the fight. Now, in the end, I think Sterling kind of said, hey, you know, the ref thought I wasn't good and I can't really argue because what did it look like to him, right? When you're crawling on all fours after you're getting ground and pounded after you just got counter right and you basically face planted. It's kind of assumed that you're probably compromised. Now from what I saw, I was like, Oh no, he has a chance. And then Mark Goddard steps in. So, uh, I'm not hating. It's just what I saw objectively. Cause you know, I watched these with, uh, no volume up until the post-fight speech. If they if they get to talk to Joe Rogan, and yeah, you know, I kind of look like Jermaine could have got up, but again, I don't need to see your toughness displayed in a fight. I know you're tough. You are in a fist fight with another person as your occupation. I I say this over and over and over again. And I want to reiterate it because you don't need to prove that you're tough if you're in a fight. (laughs) You know, you just need to win. I hate it when people say, oh, he battled back from adversity. He doesn't need to be in adversity. He needs to beat the dude up. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, entertainment is entertainment. And we like a good fight. You know, Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman. who Who would have saw that? Right. Last 48 seconds of the fight. Flat line. Left high kick. Um same thing with Justin Gagey and Dustin Poirier. Faint right hand, right high kick, you know, stuff like that. We love to see that. But I love to see people like could be hey, I'm going to do this and you will lose. Okay, I win. Next fight. You know, I like that. That's something that I enjoy. I don't I don't care about adversity. I don't care about comebacks. Like You're a professional. You should be doing that. You should have the will to want to do that. And you should also have the intelligence to know when then you are beat and you need to live to fight for another day because, you know, everybody has off nights. There's 365 days a year. You're not going to be on for 365 of those days. Now, as a professional, you need to be on more often than not, maybe into a different capacity where you're focused in training and focused on a fight. But Again, congrats to Sean O'Malley. That was a great fight. And I wonder what Aljamain's going to do next. He lost in kind of an embarrassing way for someone that's called the greatest bantamweight ever, at least for right now. And he kind of just gets face planted by some guy with pink hair, right? Like that's what most people who are casuals describe Sean O'Malley. Great guy, pink hair, pink Lamborghini, smokes weed. Every stoner person's dream that they think they can be elite when Sean O'Malley's elite beyond his smoking weed. That's not going to make you cool. Um, he wanted to move up to 145, but he truthfully said in an octagon, if Sean O'Malley did that to me, what is Volkanovski going to do to me? And Aljamain Sterling's teammate, Merabh Dvalishvili has been itching for a fight against Sean O'Malley um, for a long time because he kind of looks unbeatable as well. But Sean O'Malley wants to avenge that one loss he has on the record, which Marlon uh, Chido Vera won on the night as well to start the card. So um, Corey Sandhagen didn't like that. He wanted the next fight, but he's just come off a of tricep surgery. So I don't know why he's so upset. Sean O'Malley has a loss over Cheeto Vera. If Corey Sandhagen thinks Cheeto Vera is an easier fight, then he should have also beat him. He decisioned him on a night where Cheeto was flat. He didn't even look like he was ever in trouble. He just was not going to win that fight. So maybe we see Cheeto Vera, Sean O'Malley in December. I think they're trying to put him or I think the speculation of Instagram was trying to put him on the same card as Leon Edwards. I think, let me see. I can look at that. Holloway versus Korean Zombie. Ooh, that's gonna be a good one. 293. Um, nope, they're not on that. So, it is 294. Islam. Nope, not that one either. That's an Abu Dhabi. 295. John Jones, Tipei Miocic. Yeah, I think it's UFC 295 they're trying to get them on to, uh, duke it out and to see if they can get a quick turnaround since Sean O'Malley relatively uninjured and Cheeto Vera also relatively uninjured. So we'll see outside of that, man, it was a, it was a pretty decent card. Um, they crowned two new, uh, champion. Oh, let me honorable mention. And it's kind of sad to say, but I think Chris Wyman should retire um again he didn't look bad he looked like a true vet he was getting his leg chewed up by brad tavares as well and but he can fight southpaw and orthodox so he did a pretty good job of holding on but by the end of the fight and in the in the in the back he was in a wheelchair and i heard i haven't seen a confirmation yet but he strained some of the ligaments in his knee. That's another surgery. That's another year. How old is Chris Wyman? I know he's almost 40. Yep, 84, 39 years old. So we'll see. Uh, I hope all or wish all the best to Chris Weidman, man, because he was great champion. B. Anderson Silva, what a legend. Um, but yeah, they crowned two new... Uh, UFC fighters or UFC contract earners, and Brad Katona. I think he was the first one to win the Ultimate Fighter twice. Right? Yeah, first two times tough winner, which is amazing. He he went, he joined, he got kicked out of the UFC, and he came back, and then he's still fighting. So, and then uh, Kurt. Ball. i don't i didn't watch the ultimate fighter so i don't know who this guy is but he pulled out a great win as well to be the champion or not a champion but a tough winner so uh, there's new good new crop of fighters coming up i can't wait to see what the future holds again Sean O'Malley, congrats. Waylee, congrats. Ian Gary, congrats. And let's see if Cheeto can get that title fight against Sean O'Malley and see if he can get another win. I would love to see Cheeto as a champion, but who knows? That'll be a great fight. Sean O'Malley did get slightly injured, but that's a part of fighting. And you're just going to have to defend yourself and figure it out at that point. So... After another great night of fights, we have a good fight, or we have three good fights to end the next card. Max Holloway versus Korean Zombie, Lionheart Smith versus Ryan Span, which is a rematch, and Giga Chikatse back in action against Alex Aceres, so I'll be back with you to describe this fight later on in the week. I do have Friday off, so I might put several podcasts out on Friday, um... But yeah, until then, keep on having fun. It's Tuesday. Let's work hard. I have Friday off, so this is the middle of my week already. So I'm just ready to hang up for the week. But we still got work to do. Um yeah, there's not much coming up. I got a 5K September no, se- Nope, I got a 5K August 27th, which is next Sunday. And then a 5K uh, September 7th. And then I got my flag football tournament, the 8th, 9th, and the 10th. So I got a lot of stuff to look forward to, and I'm, I'm trying to focus on it. We had a good first practice last night, and I'm excited for us going forward. So until then, I hope you guys keep doing well. Let's keep winning. Let's keep, what do they say? Let's keep getting the, the bag <laughs> as the, the money talk. Let's keep going. All right, you guys. Peace.